This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, my friend, how are you? I feel like Harvey. That's never good. That's that's not good for anybody. Nobody has ever said, you know what? I feel great today. I feel like Harvey. I feel well. I've, I've felt like Harvey previously. <laughs> I just don't feel like Harvey today. All right, so here's the positives, and we'll talk baseball later because I want to get this Nick thing out. We'll start with the Knicks, but uh, so here's the positive thing, Gordon. Okay. The Mets scored six runs. All right. They looked better offensively. Mm-hmm. That's a positive. But remember when I said before about I would feel better if it was they scored the runs, but the pitching didn't perform well. Well, that's what happened tonight. The pitching did not perform well. And once again, it's a conversation you and I have had. I almost feel like the Grim Reaper in a way, Gordon, but it's just how I feel. And listen, I love Scherzer being here. I love Verlander being here. But in the back of your mind, when you look at the age of these guys, you have to know that there is a, there is a possibility that injuries are going to derail what you expect from them. You know they've been great pitchers. They have a great track record. They're going to the Hall of Fame, both of them. But you're getting them in the, at a time when they're on the, the back nine of their careers, golf-wise. And so when you look and you see that Scherzer gets scratched again, neck spasms, and the comments he made, I'm just trying to stay healthy. And you know Verland is going tomorrow, but it's his second start, and you're already in May. And you're wondering how long can the bullpen, which leaked out tonight, how long can the bullpen continue to perform? So a lot of things swirling in my mind about this Met team right now. And none of it good, really. No. None of it good. Three straight losses, 6 of 7, 12 of 15, under 500. And the teams they're losing to is the concern. Oh, terrible. Terrible teams. You, 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 these are the, this is where you thought, all right, we'll, we'll hit our stride here a little bit. Even if the pitchers aren't healthy, even if the, the hitters aren't great right now. That has not been the case. It's not been the case. And once again, you know, bad, just not key hitting. One, look, they, they made it close, but you're down 7-1. And, yeah, the bases loaded chance to have a big inning in the seventh. Kind of hits into a double play. Oh, killer. Yeah, the bases loaded with nobody out. Yep. Killer. He hits play. into a double play. And then as you, if he does just gets on base, I mean, Gord, with what happens in the eighth inning, you tie that game. Mm-hmm. And now when you get to extra innings, who knows? And then to, to have – the younger Diaz get the four out save. Oh, just 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 a little salt in, in the face. wound. Oh, absolutely. Oh, just oh, oh, great. But the Yankees are winning. It's much like the Chris Rock skit of you don't get credit for what you're supposed to do. You don't get credit for beating the A's. The A's are trying to lose, actively trying to lose. So you don't get credit for beating the A's. I'm glad they did it. I'm mm-hmm. glad that they scored double digits. You know, <laughs> with this Yankee offense, I don't know the next time that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that they won the game. But I'm not uh, throwing. I'm not setting the parade route just yet. And see, I told you last night. What did I tell you last night? Trade Aaron Hicks when you had the chance. I told you he would never be better. <laughs> well, <laughs> he never had I, more value, and now he's hurt. I told you. Get we we had a chance maybe to to pass him off to your team. You picked up Gary Sanchez. I know. We should have got Billy Epler on the phone when we had a chance, Larry. 
Well, I tell you, Gary Sanchez has already had a positive influence because Alvarez had two home runs tonight. And threw a <laughs> right. runner on the second. Wait a second. If I lose my job to Gary Sanchez, <laughs> I, can't I, can't, I, can't, I can't handle that. I can't lose my – I can't go back to the minors because no, Gary Sanchez No, not for Gary either. Sanchez. Wait, oh wait until you see his pitch framing, though, Larry. Wait until you see oh, his soft it. hands behind the plate. It's unbelievable. Mm. And I love his speed, chasing the ball to the backstop, oh, too. Oh, <laughs> lightning. He's not, he doesn't want to pull anything. You know, he doesn't want to pull a hammy. Take your time. Get, make yeah. sure you, you, you get around the ball. Absolutely. Sure. Well, listen, uh, it goes to show just how desperate the Mets are for DH. <laughs> that mm-hmm. tells you how desperate they are. And listen, if he can – I don't expect much. I just don't. But if he can give you something – I mean, I'm getting nothing from the DH spot now. So, you know. He's he at least could give me a little something that's double what I'm getting right now. Who knows? Maybe he has a week where he runs into co- to a couple. He, I'm sure he still has power, but mm-hmm. I would not be making any long term. No, plans. no, no. I no, would no, be no. renting. I would not be uh, buying. No, I, and I would be renting by the week. <laughs> yes, it's a weekly. <laughs> it might even be an hourly rate. Not a monthly. <laughs> no, not a monthly. Not a monthly. No, 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 not a monthly. So we'll talk a little baseball. We'll get in depth next hour, but. Gordon, the Knicks are in the situation, and you heard from the sports center at the top of the hour. And when I saw quickly in the boot yesterday, I kind of figured he's probably done for this series. Mm-hmm. I figured that. So you know he's doubtful. He's not playing tomorrow night. Forget the doubtful. He's not playing tomorrow night. So now the question becomes, what are the Knicks going to do? What will Tom Thibodeau come up with to try to get this team to give them a game? You have to win one game. You cannot. You cannot have... Miami, dance on your grave in your building. You have to find a way to force a game six. And then, you know, once again, it's one game at a time, one game at a time. And we all know this, we all know the, the, the usual sayings, right? Oh, it's, a, it's always toughest to get the fourth win in the series. The fourth is the toughest. We all, we all know that. But to be honest, the way the Knicks have played offensively and defensively, unfortunately, uh, they've made Miami look pretty, make it look pretty easy here to the point that you're, you're thinking, listen, if, if 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 Jimmy Butler had played in game two, we might be doing a postmortem on this season already. Well, it's certainly closer to that than it is the Knicks being in the series or the Knicks, you know, feeling good about the direction of the series, how long it can go. That's for sure. Uh, the, and then to see Julius Randle's comments uh, after the game, talking about uh, that the, the, maybe the Heat just wanted it more. This is from one of your leaders of your team. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with his sentiment. I agree with his sentiment. But it's a problem that one of the leaders on the team is talking to the – and this was not something that was caught, like, offhanded or somebody – you know, TMZ was on the scene. No, he was sitting at the podium after a playoff game saying, yeah, well, you know what, maybe they just wanted it more. Wow, that is – that is not great for uh, the Knicks foundation, which Julius Randle is supposed to be a part of. I mean, you even if you think that, you can't say that. You can't say that. And, you and especially. Other, yeah, Julius and the Randall, other problem you. is it, it's not just his words. It's his actions, too. Yeah. Well, he knows what he's talking about because they mourned mm-hmm. it more than he did on a couple yeah, of occasions last night. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So he wasn't lying. No. He was standing right there. The ball's just going over his head. Guys moving past him. He didn't put a body on anybody. He, he, you know, it's like one of the callers told us last night, Gordon. He rests on defense. I don't need you to rest on defense. Okay, I don't need you to rest at all. 
You're playing for your playoff lives here. And you got to go all out. I mean, this is, you know, I, I don't know. That's uh, that's an interesting statement that if I'm a front office member, I'm putting that at the back of my mind, Gordon. That's in the back of my mind. And we talk, we'll have that conversation on the exit interview, whenever that is. We're going to go back to that. What do you mean that? And, and if you saw that, even as a maybe, what did you do as one of the leaders to tell guys, hey, come on, let's pick it up? Or what did you do physically to lead by example if you didn't want to say anything? To say, all right, come on, let, let me show you. This is what we're doing. When did he dive on the ball for a loose, dive on the floor for a loose ball, Gordon? When did he, you know, grab a, he had some rebounds, but you know what I'm saying. When did he grab it in that, in that fourth quarter when they had five offensive rebounds, Miami did? Was he around to get one? What did he do? Wasn't a whole lot. Wasn't a whole lot. And I saw a lot of people, uh, you know, tweeting out. Because, you know, in the heat of the game, you're, you're focusing on so many things. You have to almost go back and watch the game a second or third time or at least see highlights a second or third time to mm-hmm. watch what individual players are doing in individual moments. And, and you watch um, his effort. I mean, he looked like me. He looked like me <laughs> 10 minutes into a game, you know, like exhausted and, 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 and no gas. And, and this is one of the leaders of the team, people blowing by him for dunks. And then him throwing up his hands like, oh, what are these guys doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not a great look, not a great statement. And um, it really leads to one thing. The Knicks have to win game five on their home court. And if the ankle is bothering you that bad, sit down. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Because you're not helping. <laughs> you can be hurt and play. But if you're injured, sit down. And I get it. The, the points look pretty good, Gordon. The points look, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking the at the box score, it doesn't look terrible, right? I mean, certainly better than the previous game. But when you really watch him individually, as I'm sure Tom Thibodeau has spent the day watching him individually, it does make you kind of question. This is the guy that we're banking our hopes on here? <laughs> hmm. And, and, and here's the sad thing. The Knicks need him to perform. They need him to be on top of his game because of the way this team is set up and the the way the lack of bench scoring you've gotten, you need him to perform. And, and we mean on both ends of the floor, not just offensively. 1-800-919-3776. A bunch of you want to give us your thoughts on how the Knicks can make some adjustments and win game five tomorrow night at the garden in a game you can hear right here on 987 ESPN. We'll get to you. And Alan Hahn had some interesting comments about Julius Randle on Bart and Hahn today. We'll share them with, we'll share Han Solo's comments next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Maybe they want it more. I don't know. That's been who we are all year. And uh, we got to find a way to, you know, step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep this season alive. Just like you said, Gordon, that's what he said. Hard to believe he said it out loud, but I know he did. He did. He did. It's ESPN New York tonight. Hardest thing, Damon, until midnight. Gordon, here's what Alan Hahn had to say about uh, Julius Randle's leadership. This might be the closest you ever come as a player, as a right. lead guy. You're just going to jog back, and you're okay with that as a leader. 
That's the questions I have about 30 because you'll bring up Mitchell Robinson. You could bring up Obi. You could bring up Grimes. All these other guys you could bring up. And you know what? They're not your best players. Right. They're not your highest paid players. They are not yes. the guys that led the way. They're not the guy that went to the All-Star game. Yes. The guy that went to the All-Star game in the second round of the playoffs. And pounded his chest. And all he could have like a bad it. shooting night, but he cannot have a bad effort night. He has to play hard. And that's why the Heat are good. Because Jimmy Butler, <laughs> yeah. bad ankle and all, plays hard. You would have thought that Allen was on the, for- <laughs> was right. on the court last night. <laughs> He's upset. He's more upset than the Knicks were on how they played last night. Uh, well, I, I hope that there's some way we can take Allen's anger and feed it to the Knicks so that they get angry, right? Yeah, absolutely. Here's more of uh, Allen on Julius Randle. I have reached that point where I didn't want to believe it. I wanted to think, all right, maybe Atlanta was the first experience, yeah. but this is the fool me twice, shame on me moment yeah. now that I'm having with Julius Randle about whether or not this is somebody that is a building block towards what you're trying to achieve here with this roster. And I'm not sure. No, I'm sure that that is not a building block to go yeah. forward with. And I wonder if they are thinking the same thing in this front office. Well, I think they are. And once again, as we say all the time, right? The playoffs are, and, and that's, I, I don't remember who said it, otherwise I would give them the credit. But it, it was a former coach who said, the playoffs are a mirror image of you, right? You look in the mirror, and this is who you really are the further you go on in the playoffs because the teams get better. And so what the Knicks are looking at is they have a lot more work to do, Gordon. Now, we knew they had more work to do, right? We knew that. But you're thinking, you know, you got the matchups help you out a little bit. You can maybe get this matchup. Maybe this matchup helps you out. You can you can slide your way through, much like Miami, okay? Not saying that Miami's sliding their way, but the matchups have helped them. They went in, they knocked off Milwaukee, okay? So now they're in a matchup where if they continue to play well, they're going to end up in the conference finals, Gordon. And that's where, they, you know, they're one game away from getting there and then possibly get to the NBA finals, all right? They're not more talented than the Knicks. They're a better team. They play better together. They they have more conversations. They talk more offensively and defensively. Everybody's on the same page. So they have, they're a better team. They're better coached, but they're a better team than the Knicks. They're not more talented than the Knicks. They're a better team. So the question is, if you're the Knicks front office, Leon Rose and company, you have to look and say, you know what? We got to make, we got to make some more changes on this team. We knew we weren't, we knew we needed changes, but now we may have to, God forbid, go ahead and take a step backwards to go forward. Yeah, I, look, I never really thought that they looked at Randall. I mean, Randall was a building block of convenience, right? Because they didn't go out and get Randall. He was here when they got here, and and Tibbs, to his credit, got a great year out of uh, out of Randall that first year. So to me, it's not a question of whether or not the Knicks think that Randall is a, actually a building block. It's whether or not you can pass him off. Does any other organization think of him as a building block? Like, how? what deal can you put Julius Randle in to get a player that's better than Julius Randle? I don't know. Because he's killing his, he's killing his value in this postseason. It's always kind of felt like a little smoke and mirrors. And, yeah. and when you have nothing else going on, You'll take smoke and mirrors. <laughs> it's yeah, been a lot. Absolutely. There's a lot of years where the Knicks have not had smoke or mirrors. It's true. 
But it's always kind of felt like a little fool's gold. And then he got into the playoffs a couple of years ago against Atlanta, and it clearly exhibited that way. And and it's kind of looking that way in the second round. Now, I don't know how much the injury is is a factor for him, but the effort question is is there. And and the drop-offs from regular season to postseason. Whew. It's night and day. It's night and day. Understand this. Last night was his first career playoff game shooting 50% from the field. In 12, the other 12, he's under 50%. I think Stephen A. said, because I was watching him on first take a couple of days ago, that I think the stat he had that Randall was the other, Randall had the lowest percentage of field goals. He was averaging like 32% from the field. This was going into last night's game. Well, I went back oh. and looked. Um, two years ago, he scored 24 points a game during the regular season on 45% shooting and hit 41% of his threes. In the postseason that year, he uh, averaged uh, 18 points a game. He shot 29% from the floor huh. and 33% from three. And now this year, oh. he was scoring 25%, uh, 25 points a game, 45% shooting. 30, only 34 from three. This year in the playoffs, he is, he is uh, 18 points a game again. Now he's, he's somehow in this series uh, shooting it at 43% overall, but he's 22% from three. Mm. And he's and only 68% from the line. And still putting them up yep. with confidence. And he's yep. not shooting them well because you look at his follow-through. His follow-through, he's, he's, loop, he's falling backwards with one foot in the air. That's not, that's not going to go in. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not going to go in. Yeah, he's 4 of 18 in this series. Oh. Well, he was boat. actually better against the Hawks. He was 11 yeah. of 33 against the Hawks. <laughs> wow. 1-800-919-3776. Oh, it's bad, Gordon. It really is. Let's head to the phones. Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose, start us off on ESPN in New York tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a uh, good, good evening, guys. Thank you for taking my call. And the reason I'm calling was to talk about the Knicks. And I'm glad that we kind of, you know, are taking this discussion because it is a serious discussion to have. Because I, um, I just find it that we are at, at our ceiling with Randall. But, you know, it, it, it is something that, you know, we, like, like Gordon said, we do have to find something that is either a better approximation or something that could actually be a level uh, starting, uh, starting power forward level type player to actually, you know, get some of the numbers back. But, um to answer your question on what we can do to possibly win, I think we need. I think uh, a person that, even though he wasn't brought here for his offense, he kind of was the Swiss Army knife that you know pro- did provide some offense throughout that that time, and that that's Josh Hart. I think he's kind of been very off on his shots and has not been finishing at the rim a lot, the rim the way he was with at Cleveland and. He kind of needs to also step it up, and I also think uh, there's a couple of other players. And who would have thought that Julius Randle would have been so bad that you got people screaming for Evan Fournier? I'm not saying he's the answer, but we might need to see him out there. I hear you, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. Don't hold your breath. I don't think you'll see – you're not going to see Evan Fournier. Not going to see him. He will – Tibbs will ride with Randall like like until he can ride him no more. 
He's going to ride with him. That's his guy. That's and, the- and in fairness, he should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has to. What what other options does he have? No, nope, none. And, and I know there's been a lot of talk today about uh, how Tibbs has allowed Randall to kind of do whatever he wants. He doesn't get punished when he doesn't go back on defense. For Tibbs, who came in with the reputation of, of crushing guys and, and being too hard on his star players, what he's done here with Randall largely has worked, right? Like the first mm-hmm. year, who would, would any of us thought that first year that you would have gotten the Randall that you got or the no. Randall you got this year? Nope. So it's good enough to work in the regular season. The problem is once you get to the postseason, it falls away. It falls away. He he's a he is a one he is a one A or one B on this team with Brunson in the regular season. In the postseason, he falls to a three. Yeah, and this is a guy who I don't remember this year. Was he like third team All NBA? I mean, two years ago he was second team All NBA. That's right. He's like he's All Star this year. Yeah, an All Star this year. And and you get into these series, and it's like you see the ball go to him. Oh my God, boy. <laughs> What's he going to do now? (laughs) What's he going to do now? Yeah. It's bad. You you got that apprehension again with him Mm -hmm. that you didn't have. You kind of got away from that, Gordon. He he had played so well this year. You kind of got away from the, you you know, you live with, okay, he knows he's going to have these two couple of plays where, you know, what does Spike always say? The final three minutes, you know, in the final three minutes, something's going to happen with him. It's going to be a turnover or something. And he had kind of gotten away with that because of his overall play. But now, because Brunson has been taken away, Gordon, and he's really having to work for his offense, now it's forcing Randall to have to do something again. And listen, Miami's doing doing different things on him to make his life hard too, you know. But that doesn't stop him from not getting back on defense and helping out on the boards. And that's what he's got to do tomorrow night. Plain and simple. Otherwise, uh, there's going to be a lot of people on Seventh Avenue, and they're not going to be happy. No. And they'll be closing Seventh Avenue down for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And look, there's a lot of people out there who take joy in the Knicks' misery. Those yes. people, those people are warming up the band right now. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. More of your calls next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Just got to get back to being that tough physical team, gets to the offensive glass and, you know, takes care of defensive boards. Uh, you know, we got to take care of the ball a little better. You know, I had three turnovers. You know, I got to do a better job with that. Um, you know, things like that. We we clean that up. You know, we have, have a good chance. RJ Barrett, what needs, some of the things that need to change for the Knicks to get a win tomorrow night at the Garden. Gordon, I just tell one of the things, and he's right about the turnovers, they can't continue to turn the ball over, and somebody else is going to have to bring this ball up because they're putting so much pressure on uh, Brunson. I think Tibbs may put some other folks in there handling the basketball to put to bring it across so that Brunson can be more involved in, you know, when they get across the midcourt line if they're not pushing the basketball, which I've been begging them to do. Randall is raising his hand. I'll do it. I've done that before. I'll take it, Tibbs. No problem. Anybody but him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the one when the teacher asks the question and he raises his hand. Ooh, ooh, I know. Yeah, ooh, like ooh, Horshack from away. Welcome Back Kai. Ooh, ooh, Mr. Kata. That's right. That's right. You just keep looking away. It's got to mm-hmm. be somebody else. There's got to be yeah, somebody else be here somebody that knows else. the answer. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Please, anybody else. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? 
Hey, boys. First of all, Jose's a friend of mine. I hope he's listening and uh, trying to talk him off the ledge a little bit. Uh, Diehard fan. Listen, it's Roy Orbison had a famous song. It's over. And it's over for a lot of reasons. And I was on with Michael today. And can't thank you guys enough for always allowing me to come on. Uh, Last night's game, breaking it down. And the guy, by the way, is Deuce McBride that you should put in. He should have been put in as soon as Kyle Lowry was put in. He's given some weight, but he can stay up with him. But that's a whole other story. Last night, the crisp passing and swinging of the ball by the heat, reminded me of the 70 Knicks. Now, you didn't have the great individual players, but the coaching of Eric Spolstra, I knew he was a top 15 or 12 coach. He's higher than that to me now. Didn't even play his own last night. Uh, He just, every move, he's two moves ahead of of Thibs. Now, I've also heard on the QT, Josh Hurd hurt his elbow. He took a couple of bad falls, if you guys recollect it. Not going to say a word about it. Randall's compromised. Look, he's compromised mentally, too. We know that. And he gets you there, but uh, the drop-off is is so, so much, such a chasm, as I said uh, today, so Michael, it's it's a huge chasm. It's a gap that you can't uh, breach. It's he's just uh, out of it. He took shots. He tried. They're, they're picking Brunson up at ninety-four feet. He gets no help, no relief, and dribbling the ball. Larry, you say this as long as I know you. You gotta pass the ball. The weave they had, Boston. The cuts, the sharp cuts with the seven. What were they? Uh, free undrafted players. Mm-hmm. They put four or five of them in. They cut sharp and and love and and Lowry. Two guys. Uh, love won't be probably well, probably in the Hall of Fame because of college. Still makes that pass from from Duke. Uh, from um, no Duke uh, where he played. And, uh, I'm mixing him up with Leighton. He played in California. But Kyle Lowry, I mean, to allow him to do that, uh, it's just that stripped the Knicks naked. The Knicks are done. Uh, what, what Spolster did is he took out the two big guys, and there were three plays where he took, opened up the lane, and, you know, as soon as the shot goes up, Bam goes to the basket. I don't think Bam's taken a, a three-point shot in years. He, he just stripped us naked last night. And uh, all we're doing is dribbling into traps, and uh, we just can't compete. It's beautiful to watch Miami play. Unfortunately, it's against us. The the ball movement just makes you you know want want for that. They're yeah. better than us. They have a much better coach. You know, all the statistics say the game was a close game, which it was. And uh, Jimmy Butler. He you know Grimes did pretty good on him, but then he got exposed. It's uh, we're just not as good as them. Uh, they're coached better, and uh, the Knicks this round was going to be difficult. Miami, you know, we always kidded three of us in the, in the callers too that the Knicks weren't a fourth seed. Well, Miami's not an eighth seed. Oh yeah, no that's question about sure. it. Yeah. No question yeah, about it. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the call. We do with this. We do this. They're not Boston. an eighth. Mm-hmm. They're not a. Um, they're not a eighth seed, and as we keep saying, Gordon, they're a better team. Team. Better team. Well, I think if you would have said, hey, I got a crystal ball. Before the season, if I said to you, Larry, Larry, I got a crystal ball. The Knicks are going to play the Heat in the second round of the playoffs, and the Heat are going to be better. You would have said, yeah, I, I can see that, right? I, you know, the Heat, they're a team that's, that's had playoff success. They've been to the, the finals and the bubble, all that type of stuff. 
but it's the fact that the Heat were so bad during the season and, and, and bad down the stretch of the season mm-hmm. that that's what's really surprising. This is the Heat that we kind of thought we were going to see the entire time. And I know what people are saying about, well, you know, the Heat, um, they were an eight seed, they're this thing, the Knicks are losing to this team that uh, lost a play-in game. They also beat the, the, the Bucs. They also beat yeah. the number one seed. So you have to kind of weigh that as part of it as well. I think what I'll speak for me. The thing that bothers me so is it looks like there's it looks like at certain points they don't belong they're not on the, they don't belong no. on the same floor with them. Nope. So so it's it's the difference is the shocking thing. I you know everybody knows Miami. Every Nick fan you know, it's you know this it's, it's like Boston with the Yankees, right? It's like, okay, we know they're down, but, you know, here they come. You never know what's going to happen. So you always watch them. You always, you always know. But, Gordon, they, they have, the Knicks have played in spots like, like they, they have no clue what they're doing. They look so much. They don't look like they, like I said, they don't look they, like they belong on the same floor with them sometimes. You look at some of the plays they made, they're looking around. The ball's moving. They have no clue where the ball is. I mean, fundamentals, they have lost it. They, they've, they've been outclassed in the, the past couple of games. Yeah. That's the surprising thing for me, what I've seen in this series. Yeah, well, I mean, you knew that they were really well coached. But, yeah, it, it is glaring. It's like they are playing at a, at a different gear. Not just in, in terms of want and desire, but in terms of knowledge of what the Knicks are going to do as opposed to the Knicks knowing what the Heat are going to do. Uh, it, it's all added up to a, a very ugly series so far. It's, it's, what, it's the same thing we said during the football season, right? You look at Kansas City and you look at, let's say, the Jets. Or you look at a couple of other teams in the NFC and you look at the Giants and you're like, they're playing a different game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and the past two games, it looks like Miami's playing a different game from the Knicks. So, yeah, to your point, yeah, we knew Miami was good, and this is the Miami we expected to see. But Gordon, we have we haven't seen the Knicks play their best yet. I mean, even in the Cleveland series, we yep. didn't see them play their best. They have yet to play the way that we have seen them play, and so you, you know and. <laughs> Time's running out. <laughs> right. If you're going to play that best game, I would advise you to do it the next game because you might not get another chance. So, so that's the shocking thing for me. It's such a wide disparity. It's, it's, it's rough. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to accept. It's really hard to accept. Jeff's in Queens. What's up, Jeff? How are you doing, guys? Um, thank you for taking my call. It's quite a time to be a Mets and a Knicks fan. I've been suffering. <laughs> Has not been a fun time. Now, I just want to make two points about both franchises. Uh, about the Mets, they have signed some very, very, I want to say almost past their prime pitches. And I almost envisioned this happening. Uh, they're going to be suffering from injuries. They need help. It's It, it hasn't been looking good. And when the offense is suffering – and not pitching well, it's a recipe for disaster. The only solace I can take is the Yankees ain't doing them so hot either. And for the Knicks, Julius Randle has been the ire of many Knicks fans this season. He's made a bunch of boneheaded plays, has not shown up for the second round, for the majority of it. And 
I can particularly call out one play. I think it was in game three where he was supposed to inbound the ball and he stepped on the line and it was a turnover before the ball even left his hands. For as long as I've been alive, I have never seen an NBA player make that kind of mistake before. And that's just to compound the problems of him with his lethargic play. It always seems to me like he's always in some kind of daze when he's playing. Um, his lack of effort, it's, it's just a mess. Brunson's been getting overworked. He's looking to facilitate. Miami has their number. They know their game plan. If you stop Brunson, you can disrupt the entire offense because Randall is not dependable. This guy is a serious question mark. And as I've heard some of the guys at ESPN say earlier today, you make your name in the regular season and you make the fame in the playoffs. And Julius has not been able to get it done. Well, actually, Jeff, and thanks for the phone call, you have a name in the regular season, but you add to your name in the postseason. All right? I mean, Gordon, look what Devin Booker. Have you watched Devin Booker? Mm -hmm. yep. Look what Devin Booker has done. No Chris Paul. Uh, and listen, Kevin Durant is great, but he has not played like Kevin Durant in this series as far as, you know, his, his efficiency. You know, you look when you look at Durant, you're looking at nine of twelve, you know, ten of ten from the line, like 35, 40 points. He's been he's been struggling. But that's that's what I'm looking for. That's where you put your team on your back, Gordon, and take that step. Joel Embiid, look what he's done. Even James Harden. Mm, look yep. what Harden's been able to do in a couple of games. Harden in that had, James Harden's had more signature performance in these playoffs than than Julius Randle. And that's well, saying something. That's saying something. Saying a lot. He, he could have just had one signature performance and had more than Julius Randle. Exactly. Exactly. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. Ooh, ooh, Mr. Cotter. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. We're at our best when we're physical but also disruptive, active, uh, and making multiple efforts. And this team will make you have to do all of those things every single possession you can't ever glitch or relax because they are, are relentless with their attack eric spolstra on his team and how they're responding to the knicks it's espn new york tonight having a conversation about what the knicks will have to do to win game five tomorrow night at the garden our coverage begins following the michael k show here on 9870 espn gordon what he said is something the knicks are not doing they're not relentless. <laughs> no. Relentless is not a word that you would use to describe the Knicks' performance. But it needs to be. And they need to come out with a strong start, Gordon. They, even in the two the, the games in the Garden, they didn't even come out with a strong start. I mean, you, yeah. you, you look at this Denver game tonight. Denver's, Denver's, Denver's it's 2-2. Denver's like, we're winning this game. They came out like, we're setting the tempo. We are winning this game. Now, we'll see how it turns out. But, I mean, you know, they've, they've put Phoenix on their heels. And Phoenix is, you know, coming back, trying to come back, trying to come back. And that's that's the situation that you want to be in. The Knicks are always in that situation, Gordon, where they are, 
Oh, we're trying to climb uphill again. We're trying to climb uphill again. Oh, we cut it to five. Okay, now we're down ten. Okay, let's try to get it back down again. And it's just it's like a it's like a hamster in a maze. And it feels like the the Heat are one of those teams that we talk about from time to time that you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. And they, and you know it's not even like the Heat have played all that great these last two games. It's not like Jimmy Butler has scored fifty and they can't miss a shot. They've been slightly better in the Knicks, but they've been slightly better in every category, and and especially in the desire category. So you would like to think back at home, you know, the Garden's going to be rocking tomorrow night, that um, the Knicks are going to come out and, and put it all out there right away. And if they get off to a good start, maybe it feeds on itself like a fire and, and they can pull out a win. But it goes the other way. If they come out nervous and, and they're not – they're not responding like you want them to. That crowd will let you hear about it. Yes, they will turn quickly. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very, it's going to be a pensive crowd. Gordon, it's going to be, you know, what's going on here? It's going to be, it's going to be pensive because you don't know what to expect. Yeah, you know what you want to see, but there's right. no guarantee yeah. you're going to see it. You know, no, no guarantees <laughs> you're going to see that. That's right. Back to the phones. Let's head to Westchester. That's where Nick is hanging out on ninety-eight seventy ESPN. What's up, Nick? Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Nick. Good. You know, uh, you said it, Larry. Why, people are – they can take losing a tough-fought series, but we look like a G League team against the Heat. That's where everybody's so upset, you know. And and since Thibodeau doesn't like to make any adjustments, I mean, there's three things I would ask him just not to do in the next game so you don't help the Heat beat, beat us we got to stop doubling Jimmy Butler. Let him go for 40, 50. Just shut everybody else down to the best of your ability. We don't have the speed, athleticism, and recover. You know, we double him. That's not what we want to see. And the Heat are a fantastic half-court team. You cannot allow them to get set in their half-court. So we got to have a lot more motion in the half-court offense. You just can't stand around four corners, Dean Smith offense. Can't happen. Okay, we got to have motion, make the heat work and move a little bit. And and, and one thing, I, this is driving me crazy. We got to get some points set up for a big man. You know, normally uh, Hartenstein, you know, gives his backdoor passes. The box is packed. He's got he's got that little shovel jump shot. He's got to give us five six there. Mitchell Robinson, for half of his minutes, okay, he's being guarded by Max Struess. They got Bam on on Julius Randle. That's how much respect they have for Mitchell Robinson. Okay, they know they won't pass it to him because Max Struess will just foul him, and Mitchell will go to the line, and he, you know he'll, he'll brick two free throws. So you know we need to get some points out of Robinson. Five six, get, Hartenstein, give me six seven eight, whatever. Uh, you know those three tweaks might, might give us a living chance. Thanks. All right, Nick. Thanks for the phone call. The past two games, Gordon, you could ask. Has Hartenstein even played? Yep. He has been invisible, which is hard for a guy his size to be invisible, but he has been. It's been totally different. It's, mm-hmm. They have done a good job keeping the, the Nick Big Man off the boards. They really have. And part of it, Gordon, is because they're, they've been moved up and they're involved in these switchings, right, with the pick and roll, and then they're covering their guy, and they move out and then you know move out to the perimeter, and now people are going to the basket. And so they're, you know, they're, they're not there for the offensive rebounds the way they were. And the Knicks are putting up these bad threes that are going long. And so some of them aren't even getting the offensive rebounds. 
Yeah, and, and look, Hartenstein, Hartenstein has been uh, kind of invisible. Mitchell Robinson, uh, he's been better than, than Hartenstein, but not by a whole lot. Yeah. He's, really? he's been pretty invisible, too. And he's a guy that you're expecting. You know, Hartenstein, when he makes a play, you're, you, I mean, I'm not saying he's not important, but, you know, he's one of the bench guys. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson, you think of as somebody who's really going to impact a game for you on the defensive end, and that has not been the case. Has not. Cullum's in the Bronx. What's up, Cullum? Larry Gordon, good evening. So, you know, a lot of negativity, obviously, with the Knicks. I just want to – I look at it as a whole. Obviously, the most of the conversation at the beginning of the year was this was a play-in team at best, and they obviously exceeded the expectations. You know, they really dominated in that first round against an on-paper team, you would say, would be better with the Cavs, better than the Knicks. You know what I mean? A lot of people had, had the Cavaliers winning that series. So, I mean – it's obviously a bad taste in your mouth with this series. I think a lot of my opinion on the Knicks hinges on, you know, game five. If they can win game five and, you know, play it very close and, you know, if they lose a, they lose a close one in game six, that would make a lot of this better. But, you know, I liken it to a lot with the Giants season. You weren't expecting much. They ended up going to the playoffs. They win the first round. They get destroyed in the second round. And there was a bad taste. But overall, you're, the arrow is pointing up. There's a lot of good things. And we learned a good amount with these playoffs. Everybody was out on R.J. Barrett to start. R.J. Barrett had a, had, a, had a pretty good run for a couple of different games. And he looks like he, he's not a piece that everybody's ready and willing to give up like they were for a large stretch of the season. And we did learn a lot about Randall. Randall had his best season of his career, even better than the year two years ago when they lost to the, to the Hawks, and he still couldn't get it right in the playoffs. Maybe the injury is worse. I don't know, but we have a no-doubt definitive decision on he's not the guy. And, you know, Hart, they lo- he looks like he's a player that they could keep for the future. We have a lot of answers, and I think overall the arrow is going to be put up where the Knicks can have the ability to sustain – making the playoffs and making something grow instead of just going back into the dumps. I'm 29. I've watched the Knicks, you know, being terrible most of my life. So I'm happy with where they're at right now overall. All right, Cullum, thanks for the phone call. I I love the optimism, but I will just say this. Is this is this should have been last year. You know what I mean, Gordon? Mm-hmm. You have the first round, you lose to Atlanta. Then the next year, you 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 go a little bit further. So they went back a year. I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I don't know what they're going to do for next season. I, I don't know if they panic and, and make a, a rash move, Gordon, because of what happens. Let's say they let's say they move tomorrow, lose tomorrow night, and then they turn around and make a rash move and say, you know, oh, this is what we have to do. We got to go out and get this. We got to go out and get that, and and. You know, with all the pressure up, you should have got Donovan Mitchell, and now you go out and you and you trade, you give up a bunch of people, and now you end up going backwards. So, the thing here is, and I appreciate what you're saying, is that you have to wait and see and hope that this front office is going to be sensible enough to see what they have to do. Gordon, I get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.